0: good morning and oh wait it's not morning <laughs> hello and welcome back to the alterations podcast I'm your host Caitlin you've joined me very early this morning so if I sound a bit different that is why it is around seven o'clock in the morning I uh, I'm on holiday I forgot to say I uh so if it's not just my voice if the acoustics sound different or you can we're near a road. We're on the beach, but we're near a road. So if you hear some cars going by, I'm really sorry. I'll try and edit out as much as I can of the big noises, but please just bear with me. I know you're not here for quality. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you are. Maybe I am producing quality content. Yes, I'm my boyfriend and I were away. We are at Castaway's Beach on the Sunshine Coast. Uh it is beautiful here. I'm very excited. It was meant to storm all weekend and we got here yesterday afternoon and it wasn't storming. So we went down, we made the most of it, we went down to the beach, had a little swim um, and played tennis for a while which was wonderful. <laughs> That's what sold us on this place was the tennis court uh, and oh and it's got a jacuzzi on the roof. So yeah we're here for I think four nights, so a little, little getaway, quite nice. Um, but I thought I would sit down and record this podcast while he's asleep so I don't wake him up because I'm very good at uh, waking him up quite early on holidays to go do things. I haven't even had a coffee yet, so if my voice sounds really croaky, I'm really sorry. <laughs> Maybe I want it to sound sexy, but no. <laughs> Morning voice, right? But no, the place doesn't even have coffee here. I. That's a bit of a downfall, but I will go, I think when I finish recording this, we'll walk to go get a coffee uh, and start our day with a game of tennis. So very exciting. I don't have much to update you on other than the book. I am halfway through, or a bit more halfway through uh, It Ends With Us. I brought The Hating Game with me as well because I knew I would get through that over the next few days. But yeah, really good so far. I right now can't really see the hype of why it's so amazing, but I'm sure maybe towards the end I will get a bit more into it and get a bit more knowledge as to what's going on. But hi, future editing Caitlin here. I just finished the book and I just would like to say it has heaps of trigger warnings. Um it touches on suicide, heavy graphic content of uh domestic abuse, some sexual assault stuff, and uh yeah, all around quite heavy. It is an incredible and powerful book with a really important message but if any of these things trigger you please do not read it. It is a beautifully written book but it is very, I I cried, it is very intense and emotional so if that is not up your alley or any of those kind of things trigger you please don't read the book but all in all it was an absolutely incredibly heartbreaking but beautiful book so please check trigger warnings of your books before you start reading them, because I never do. It's something that I need to start doing, and I will start implementing into, I will read reviews and the trigger warnings before I suggest, and I will always let you know what you're about to get yourself into before you start reading it. Okay, enjoy the regular scheduling. (laughs) Today, I was gonna talk about why traveling alone, uh, helped me. I kind of, got me thinking we were looking at photos it's been like two years since we were in japan uh me dan and his two best guy friends and we were looking at all the old japan photos and it got me thinking into uh and i've touched on and i've told i think a few little stories from when i lived in sydney or when i went to new york by myself but i wanted to dive a little bit more into that feeling because it kind of came out in journaling for me this morning, I was up on the roof, doing not on the roof of the house, on where the rooftop is, doing a bit of journaling and, you know, how I was talking about last week, the grounding journaling techniques. I've been doing that a lot. It kind of led me to some thoughts about my trip in New York and my time in New York and what I kind of learned while I was over there about myself. And, you know, we're going through that self-discovery kind of time, right? So I thought I would share some stories and some things about what happened in New York. When I decided to go to New York, I didn't decide to go by myself. I There was a really good lineup at uh, Boston Calling, which is a music festival in Boston. My boyfriend at the time was like, oh, I'll come with you. And we ended up breaking up a few days before we were scheduled to leave. Um, So I didn't really think that going alone was that big of a deal until I sat on the plane and saw the little screen in front of me saying, the amount of travel time to get there and I was like, oh, I am alone (laughs) on this very big flight. Uh and it kind of all sunk in a little bit and I had just gone through a bit of a break. I don't think I even had dealt with the breakup. I just got on that plane and was like, I'm leaving all of my issues uh in Australia and I'm gonna fly to New York and have the best time. But it was a lot going on. It was a huge time in my life. There was, you know, I was going through a breakup. I was moving out of home. I just got back from becoming like my trip in Sydney it was so this isn't the first trip that I've had it was before that I moved to Sydney for work for a little while and I mean that pushed me out of my comfort zone because I knew no one down there I I know it was only an hour's flight away but I was living in a new area uh, new feelings uh, I was living above a pub I had a new job like a new work environment everything was so different I knew no one down there. I had to make friends. And how do you make friends, right? At 19, I just walk around on my days off to see where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. I never really had a plan, but other than go to work and learn and and come home and cooking for one is weird enough. I don't know if anyone else, like cooking for just one person is is strange. Like, it's because I'd never lived out of home until that moment as well. So it was a lot of change in that time in my life in in sydney and in in new york when i was by myself so it was like rediscovering myself and one of the best ways to do it right is being alone because all you can do is look in when i was in sydney my days off like you don't know when you go to a new place especially if you're living there for a little while you don't know where you want to go or what you like or at least when you grow up in an area or you've been in an area for long enough, you know what cafe you like, where the coffee is, you you know where to go to have a beer, you know where the good music is, you know where the good shops are, whereas I had to start from scratch in Sydney. So I would kind of walk around and go into shops where there was girls that were similar age to me. I know it sounds so weird and I'd ask them like, you know, when they come over and ask you like, oh do you need help with anything? I'd be like, so Uh, where do you go out? Like where's the cool bars around here? And they'd look me up and down and be like, oh my god. Uh I don't know. It's quite pretentious, I think, Sydney. I didn't I didn't really enjoy um that, but I kind of learned that I can have fun in my own company from those experiences. Um, and that I'm capable to be alone and to to sit at a restaurant by myself. I used to go to this one, I forgot what the bars called but I used to go to this one bar after work it wasn't very far away but it was an English pub and I would go and sit at the bar and have my dinner and have a beer and read my book um and then or study because I was doing my finals for my like hairdressing and then walk on home but the bartenders got to know me because I'd do it like once a week every Thursday and I became friends with a lot of the guys in there but yeah I it kind of made me realize that i'm capable of doing things alone i think we get stuck into i don't know why like even i can't go to my own gym by myself i have massive gym anxiety of judgment of people around me but why can i i don't know i remember being like 14 years old in bali going to the gym and wanting to work out in the gym because it was cool you know i just why am i scared at 24 years old to go to my own gym that you know where all of the equipment is why is it acceptable to go somewhere new i guess it's because you don't know anyone and there's not that judgment there anyway before i lived in in sydney i would never do anything by myself because it was comfortable and i knew people and people would just come with you right so when you're put into the situation where you're by yourself and you have to do things alone you find out more about yourself and what you actually like doing because sometimes like even now it's not the it's not the thing that I'm doing that I'm enjoying it's the company that I'm enjoying you know good company I could do anything I'm getting off topic but before I lived in Sydney I would I would never do anything alone that's what I was getting at I would never do anything alone and I got to the point of not even caring what anyone thought and I would go up to people like while they were walking and say, hey, like, I love your outfit. I would stop people in the street and tell them they look great because I could. And I didn't they didn't know me. I didn't know them. And I think that's what's so amazing about traveling is you form these connections with people that you will never see again. And and that's okay. (laughs) You create all these memories and there's no expectations. It's just that you're there at the same time living your life. Uh, But you also, when you're doing, like, you're traveling or you're living by yourself or you've moved to a new place or whatever, you also have more time because you're on your own time. Like, I would never stop someone randomly in the street and tell them they look great if I was with someone else because I'd probably be in a conversation with them. So it kind of opens up more opportunities to talk to people or, or do what you want to do and figure out more about yourself, obviously, because you're by yourself. I mean... These things didn't occur to me until as of late. I was just living and going through the motions, especially, like I said, I was going through much, so much in that time in my life that I didn't stop to think about what was actually going on and what was happening, which was kind of amazing, to be honest, especially being back onto New York. I, I didn't want to think about anything but the present moment because I was going through so much. So I really, when I went to New York, I was really in the present moment. I think it was the most that I felt like I've lived in the present because I also didn't have any working data. I didn't have a camera on my phone. I didn't have any internet until I was like in the Airbnb or hostel or wherever I was staying, or if I like stopped at a Starbucks or somewhere that had Wi-Fi. But when I first got on that flight and I realized, holy shit, I am going to (laughs) New York by myself this 14 plus hour flight. I've never changed flights before. It was, I was terrified, but I (laughs) met the most. There was a little girl that I kept company. She was sat in front of me. If it wasn't for this family, I really don't think I would have got through this flight. I am so claustrophobic. I am not scared of flying. I am afraid of being trapped in the air for a long period of time. So I get really like antsy. I hate being on planes for a long period of time. I normally, well now I just like take an anti-anxiety tablet and I'm fine. But at the time I didn't know what I needed. So there was this little girl that kept like poking her head through and her her mum was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for her. And I said, no, she can, I had a, oh, I had a whole row to myself, which was incredible. It was so good. So this little girl came and sat with me and we colored in the whole flight. I got to know this woman and her husband and i was telling her i told her the story of of the breakup and that i was going to a music festival in boston and how i was so scared of changing flights and she was like oh just stick with us we we do this he was american she was australian it's like i do it all the time come with me i will take you it's not a problem so they if it wasn't for that woman and all that family i would not have on on the connecting flight I reckon and then the whole landing in New York and finding my bags and I convinced myself I needed to get a yellow cab over to where I was staying which that was if anyone else has been to New York that's listening to this there is nothing that can prepare you for where all of the cars are to leave the airport it was it's ridiculous I've never Felt stress like it. But the thing about traveling alone is you have no one else to stress about but yourself. So I kind of was less stressed because I was like, well, again, I'm on my time. I'm on no one else's. If this takes me three hours to get there, I'll figure it out when I get there kind of thing. I got the cab. It was in the late afternoon. We were crossing the Brooklyn Bridge. I was in the back of this cab, an Englishman <laughs> in New York was just like the soundtrack of my life in that moment looking out over the Brooklyn Bridge into all of the beautiful lights I was staying in the Lower East Side kind of like Alphabet City area as soon as I walked into that Airbnb I was like holy shit I've made it I'm here now what like literally now what I had nothing else planned other than I had to get to, and I hadn't even had it figured out. I had to get to Boston in like I think it was like three or four days, um, and then I had no accommodation to when I got back to New York to fly out. All I had was that Airbnb in the hostel, and that was it. No other plan. It was really nice. I've never had this before, but the guy that owned the Airbnb wanted to meet me and to show me how to open up. There was it was a big old building. Uh, he wanted to show, sorry, I think a truck just went by, so I tried to stop talking, but I don't think I'll edit that out. Um, the guy wanted to show me around his apartment, and because it was like his other place that he rented out, and um, just tell me about some places to eat and stuff. And when I got there, we were talking, he was amazing, and his wife just got there, and he, they're like, oh, we're going to see a show, do you want to come with us? And I realised in that moment that I was I was alone. I was 20 years old. Um, I realized I couldn't drink. I realized I smoked at the time. I realized I couldn't buy cigarettes. So that's kind of when the panic sunk in. And I said to them, I was like, oh, I'm 20. And he was like, oh, right. So uh, yeah, it was. (laughs) They left. They were lovely. And uh, I remember after that crying. (laughs) I remember crying. I remember just realising I'm in a foreign city very far away from home. I've just broken up with my long-term boyfriend. I was by myself. I had no cigarettes. Um, I had nowhere to get them. And I literally had no plans apart from going to Boston for the music festival. So all I had was time. (laughs) And I think I kind of realised in that moment that it definitely wasn't going to be the last time I cried on the trip. It was a lot of self-awakening Caitlin happening. The next day, I I woke up with a new sense of purpose. I really, I woke up, I think before the city did because of my jet lag, and I kind of just got dressed and left with no direction, uh, just stumbling onto different places. Cause yeah, I had no phone, so I had no phone data. I would just, every morning I would wake up and I would pick a direction to walk and, that would be the way that I went for the day and I would then figure out how to get home I had a I looked like such a tourist I literally had like one of those big open folding maps and circled my apartment where I was staying and would pick a direction and then would ask the directions to get back Um, or I'd find like if I was sick of walking by then I'd find uh, somewhere that had Wi-Fi so I could call a uber to get home because I oh my god this I never went on the subway I really regret it now but I never used it because I wanted to walk everywhere uh, and I was also terrified of trying to navigate the subway isn't it weird like I could navigate the trains in Japan not a problem and that's all in Japanese mind you it's all color-coded in Japan you get the hang of it pretty quickly but in oh, another truck I'm sorry if you're hearing these trucks in the background they're like a low, like, rumble when they pass. Uh, anyway, I forgot what I was saying. But yeah, I never used a subway. I would just pick a direction every day and I would walk. I remember that day I was digging through record stores and I stumbled upon ja- Times Square, which actually I think is smaller than I thought it would be. I think I blame Japan for that. Like, Japan's so much larger than what I thought New York would be. Uh, and i just like a few months back from this gotten back from Japan, so I had Japan on the mind. But after that I, I went and sat in Central Park and just people watched all day. It was beautiful and just walked around, picked- had a little picnic. But most days after that were very much the same. I would pick a direction and walk. I had no plans, no expectations, just the time to explore and to see where the wind took me. And I was not used to that i mean i was used to going to gigs and stuff by myself or or to bars like i was explaining in sydney but not the way that i was used to i it's easy to make friends in those kinds of situations right because you're in close quarters and you it's like people have their own lives (laughs) i'm just some tourist walking around new york like how do you make friends out of that right so i i didn't really go to any bars or I went to gigs because you're allowed to go if you're underage, but historically, like where I would make friends would be at gigs. So I was kind of like, where do I meet people? How do I meet people? Uh, but the good thing about having an accent is automatically people want to know where you're from and and the rest was history. (laughs) Uh, The only photo I, I have of myself, wait, that's, that's a lie. I do have one at the top of the Empire State Building. But as well as that, um, it was at the High Line. And if you look it up, it's beautiful. It's like an old railroad track that has been turned into a botanical walkway kind of thing above the city. But there was a guy underneath selling his artwork and started chatting with him and i bought a piece of his artwork and he asked me if i would want to be a part of a project that he was doing which was to take photos of everyone that bought his artwork holding it because he wanted to remember them um which i thought was really beautiful so yeah i got my photo taken by him and it's literally we were speaking for hours but it's the only photo uh that and of a guard i actually asked uh, one of the people I don't know if he was a guard but one of the people at the top of the Empire State Building I asked if he would take a photo of me to send to my mom Um, (laughs) so yeah I don't have very many uh, photos of myself I really immersed myself into others' lives that I didn't know and I became like really invested when I would meet people and I would speak to them because I wasn't having very many conversations, I really put my all into every conversation and every connection that I had. So I really, yeah, threw myself into their kind of lives and I really became invested in the fact that I would never see them again and it's kind of, <laughs> sounds very poetic, but it was. It was a strange feeling, like, knowing all of these little things and, like, about people's lives and then never seeing them again. Like, when I had to, oh my god, the bus terminal as well in New York is terrifying and awful. I was walking around with my luggage trying to find the right bus to get onto for Boston. I bought a ticket. Also, Greyhound buses, yes, they suck, but they're so cheap. I think my ticket to Boston was, like, $10 for a four-hour bus ride or whatever. Anyway, I met this woman, I was waiting in line for the bus and little did I know it was a I think it was some kind of long weekend in New York, like a public holiday, so the roads were so busy and the terminal was ridiculously packed, a woman came up and asked me if it was the right uh, bus to Boston and I said yes it was and we got talking, anyway she ended up telling me about her whole life, about her divorce and how her parents didn't approve and of the relationship in the first place and all of this stuff and it was this was even before I got on this bus and she sat next to me the whole four and a half hours it was a bit longer as well because there was so much traffic but yeah I definitely I, I learned all of her secrets I really got into her life so I definitely felt safe because I had lots of these random people's numbers and if I ever go into trouble I had the family from the planes number and now I had this lady um, so it was great. I tell you what though, when I was um, back in New York, the world works in weird and wonderful ways. I got to the point where I was really missing home and I decided I want to get tattooed, of course, right? <laughs> I didn't have that many tattoos at the time and I knew that I wanted to get this specific tattoo done in America and it reads, it says, darling, come home now, it's when me and my mom and my dad and my brother were traveling around America for the first time on our road trip. Uh, we would listen to this song by Daywave called Darling Come Home Now. So yeah, it's Darling Come Home Now. I didn't have very many tattoos. I knew my mom would kill me. Uh, but I so I was really nervous in the studio and, like signing the papers because I was like, oh my god, my mom's gonna, she's, I'm gonna get into so much trouble for this. But I, I really wanted it. And it's tiny. It's so funny. Now my arm's like nearly completely covered. I was in the waiting area, really nervous. And all I heard from next to me was this woman go, where are you from? And I instantly knew she was Australian. And it was so nice to hear an Australian voice after so long of being in the States and not hearing. And I was missing home that day. I was really, it was gloomy in New York. I was, I just got back from the music festival. I'll get back to the music festival in a bit, but yeah, I was really missing home. And it turns out, like long story short, turns out her mom like, lived a few streets away from where I live, just the funniest coincidence. And it was so nice and we got talking and she was actually leaving that day to come back home. So I couldn't, we couldn't hang out. After that interaction, I was walking through Brooklyn. I was like, I, I'm on a high from that interaction. I'm going to go and vintage shop and, you know, because Brooklyn's amazing for that, right? So I was, like, walking around and I was like, oh, I need to go get a coffee. The first, and everyone knows, right, if you've been to America, I drink black coffee. If you ask for a long black, they don't know what that is, for one. Uh, two, all the coffee tastes like dishwater. To me, If you have to really search up to find a good coffee shop. Anyway, I walk into the first coffee shop I see out of the tattoo studio. And sorry, I just stopped talking because as a truck. I'm really sorry for the audio quality on this. Uh, But the two which were behind the, that own the whole coffee shop, were two Australian brothers, also from Queensland. And they made me the best coffee. It was just, when I was missing home, the universe brought me what I needed. And I found so much comfort because I was just so stressed about what I was doing and where I was staying in all of what was going on so I found so much comfort in that and then actually on the car like in the cat I got an uber back to where I was staying and the cab driver told me I'm a hair artist he wanted to really know about my life and I've held on to that ever since he told me no no sweetheart I'm you're not a hairdresser you're a hair artist so I've been telling everyone that I'm a A hair artist (laughs) since then. Um, But anyway, I get back to Boston. I got into Boston, got to my hostel, and I was staying. It was like an old, like a huge old like dorm house. Because Boston is like a university city, I think. I believe, anyway. Don't quote me on that. But the music festival was actually at Harvard University, so now I can technically say I've been to Harvard. (laughs) But I was... I got assigned like my dorm room essentially in this hostel. So you had a shared kitchen, a shared common area, and then there was like four or five rooms. And the place that I was staying in, I walked in. I was like, "Oh!" There was like four or five guys, and I was like, "This sucks." I walked into my room, unpacked the rest of it, and then I had to go down to the festival to pick up my wristbands and stuff. So I walked down, came back, uh, and put it on and everything. So I had two as well, and. I was like, oh, well, this is a reminder in a spiral. So I went back, <laughs> sat in the common area, was reading my book. And the, one of the guys that was in the hostel realized, he was like, oh, you going to the festival, so We're playing. So they were like a small band um, from the area that were like playing in the morning. So I got to go to and from with them to the festival, which was awesome. So yeah, something that I was really nervous about actually ended up being such a positive because yeah, it took me backstage got to meet a bunch of people. Uh, I met this wonderful woman. I was on the first day, I was in the mosh bit with Paramore, right? I think I've spoken briefly on this, but I was in the mosh bit really early. I made a really good group of friends around me, but I got really close with this one girl that was next to me. Anyway, she started, like anything, telling. I don't know what it is with me and people telling me their life story. Maybe it's the questions I'm asking or I don't know. But she started telling me how she got kicked out of home at 16. She was 18 at the time and she was working three jobs and all of these things. And she was still smiling and so happy to be there to see Paramore. And anyway, I gave her, she wanted to have like go for the three days because all of her friends had three day tickets, but she only had one day ticket so I gave her the extra wristband that I had and it was just we found each other most days when we were in the mosh I just don't and again I don't have her her any of I don't have her I had her phone number but I don't have any of her social media uh we it's so special knowing that we had that moment and I wonder actually now if she maybe I should text her see if she replies I wonder if she remembers because to me that's such a special memory of like bonding knowing all of her life stuff and then but yeah I wonder if any of these i only keep in touch with one person from New York and it's so weird to think I've literally only met him for 24 hours like not even I was on the bus back from Boston and I'd just seen Royal Blood play in at the festival and I was like oh there's tickets for $20 now at the festival he broke his ankle, so I was like, oh, I don't know if the gig will go ahead, but it's only $20, Uh, so I'll go. So I'll book the tickets. So I booked the tickets, turns out he does play, it was a few days later after the festival, and it was like on the last night before I was meant to leave, so I went to the gig, and yeah, I went to the gig alone, obviously, I'm by myself in New York, whatever. I made friends with this group of guys that were next to me, and to this day, he's still one of my really good friends. I speak to him literally all the time, minus the time difference. Uh, But isn't it crazy that I met someone for literally less than 24 hours, and still to this day, we are still friends. Yeah, that's a bit wild to me that you can have a connection with someone and literally become best friends. Mind you, it's kind of like the same kind of concept when you go out clubbing as a girl and you meet girls in the bathroom and you think you're best friends forever. Well, think of that, but with someone you met in a mosh pit and then traveling back home thousands and thousands of miles away or however far away is completely different times and still being friends with that person. But yeah, look, most of my days were spent, uh, I spent like two days in the museum in New York, actually. I forgot what the the where the night in the museum was filmed. I literally spent hours and hours and hours, and I think that's what's so beautiful about traveling by yourself or like being on your own somewhere, or even spending just the day. Like you don't have to go to bloody New York like I did by myself. That was, I don't think I was thinking clearly when I made that decision. Actually, I know that I definitely wasn't. My parents would, they were like, "No, you're not. You're not going by yourself." And, At the time, I was like, oh, it's safe. It's fine. I'm just getting on a plane and going traveling. But realistically, there was some moments I felt unsafe. I actually was walking and watched someone die on the side of the road, which is don't even want to get into it. That was an awful experience. That was actually after the gig. The, like the next morning, just before I was meant to leave, I like, called my mom crying, being like, "I'm ready to come home now. I'm, I'm ready. I've had enough." The reality set in that I was alone. I had no one to share the experience with, um, and yeah, that I, I, was, I was truly alone. I, I really wanted to come home. I called mom crying. I was like, "I need to change my flight and come home early." I, I kind of, I think, I started feeling everything. I was like, "This is enough. I, I can't do this anymore." But. Up until that point, it was magic. And I kind of feel like it was all a bit of a dream. I could tell you stories for hours and hours, but a lot of them, like, going back and thinking about them, it didn't feel real because I had no one to share it with. I didn't really take any photos. So all I have is my memories. The lessons I learned was how I think traveling alone, it's, it's necessary to find out things and that you like doing alone. You don't have to travel far. I mean, you can just travel into your walk city or doing things alone allows you to know the things you like to do because i I think i've always said this like being alone allows you to look in or allows me to look in on myself and figure things out that i like doing and and whatever i'm not getting in on that tangent again (laughs) but i also realized in that whole experience is that is regardless of it being sydney or it being New York or even being at home for a long period of time by myself was at the end of the day, I craved human connection. You know, I I, I really, for the first few days, I didn't speak to anyone. Like I spoke to people to like give them my coffee order, right? Oh, trucks. <laughs> oh, sorry, there was a big truck that just went past. I think I was scared of not having human connection and being bored. And but this trip really made me realize that I am okay in my own company and I I was independent to do what I wanted. I thought, you know, going through a breakup at that time especially, I I comforted myself. I was my own, like I said, I think my own parent. I not only parent but own protector, own friend, own everything. I was capable of doing everything myself and in that I found so much empowerment and I was so grateful for myself to get me through, you know, all of those days that I was there and it sounds silly but, you know, I really showed up for myself and it really took throwing me on the other side of the planet to to realize that I'm okay and I can do things by myself. As much as I did have the doubts and the fears of being lonely or being bored or whatever, I was okay. You learn so much more quickly, I think, when you're by yourself as well, because you've got nothing else to focus on. And I'm I'm in such a weird phase of my life right now. I'm in such a transformative phase of my life right now where I find myself looking back at old things that have helped and, and maybe learn along the way. And I'm picking up on new bits of inspiration almost from my life where I can learn and I can implement into my now life and what, how I want to become, uh, like I was talking about in the last episode. So I'm just doing a lot of uh, self I'm doing a lot of self-reflecting in in this time in my life, and I don't know if you are as well, but it's pretty it's scary. don't get me wrong. I tell you what I've never been so lost but so found at the same time. I'm again in a weird plane of learning and I'm terrified, but it's also beautiful and I'm excited and oh uh, life is. I it sounds super hippy dippy, and I know I I normally like hate this stuff, but like it's, life is impressive. It's beautiful. It's it's cool. But tell you what, on days when my anxiety is the worst, it is <laughs> terrifying when I'm thinking this deeply. I think that's something that I need to learn to get out of. Is when I do feel really anxious and stressed and scared. get out of this mind frame because it's not healthy, because I go down dark holes, sorry another truck, instead of going down, you know, positive ones and looking at things in a positive light, I just start looking at it negatively and I think that's something that I'm learning is seeing when I am flipping from being positive to negative Um, and then just giving myself a break and giving myself time to process. And I think, yeah, when you're by yourself and you're traveling by yourself, everything is happening in real time and you're only with yourself so you can process things a lot faster. So I think traveling by yourself is so important and it's something that I hopefully can implement in the future, maybe doing like a a solo trip somewhere. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's something for me in the future. I'm not sure yet. We'll see what happens. I think the best lesson I learned being by myself and traveling by myself was knowing that I had my own back, that I could look after myself and I think I relied too much before that on other people to make me feel okay and having the knowledge and knowing that I can be my own parent, I can look after myself, I am everything that I need all in one is very powerful and you know self-sustaining and it it was a really good feeling to know especially after a a huge breakup that I was okay I was going to be okay don't get me wrong I definitely had awful days Um, that and I think being offline not being able to check in on everything and um, what was going on in the situation or even like having FOMO and like missing out on stuff that my friends were doing I didn't have any of that because I didn't really have any internet until the evening and I was so tired from walking around all day and exploring immersing that I didn't feel the need to check on what other people were doing. So more of these things that I'm reflecting on need to implement on my everyday life. Isn't it funny that like when I feel the best is when I'm offline and when I am just focusing purely on me. That's, That's it. Whenever I start thinking about what other people think, all of these little things get in my ears and I start overthinking everything and then I spiral downwards. But I can never remember that in the moment. I never take my own advice. So hopefully listening to this, it will remind you to take your own advice because it's really powerful knowing that you've you've got yourself, you know, and everything that you need is within yourself. I think sometimes we, we forget that we are capable and more than capable of looking after ourselves. Again, these are all things I have learned and I'm just sharing with you. I could wake up next week and be like, actually, I was wrong in that and this is right or they take everything I'm saying with a pinch of salt right I'm no expert I'm just a 24 year old woman living my life and sharing the things that I've learned or haven't learned or am learning processing whatever on the internet in hopes that you listening right now feel some sort of comfort in that knowing you're not alone because we're all changing we're all evolving and that's all that matters right if I don't want to be stagnant I don't want to be I'd rather be scared and moving forwards and changing than staying still and being the same person and not evolving so welcome to life right what's that saying it's like you've you've already um outlived 100% of your bad days or or something like that you know that mentality is what is good I, I need more of that but I've been speaking for about an hour so I'm gonna have to cut this down. (laughs) I don't know what stories I've told you. I think some of them were inappropriate so I might have to take some of those out so I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) I really recommend if you ever get the chance or even like implementing it, like I was saying I think in the last episode, just doing things alone allows you to explore more of yourself. It allows you to Do things that only you want to do on your time. That's something that I took away from being in New York and living by myself in Sydney. And knowing that you're capable of doing things and being independent is really, there's power that comes from that. Knowing that you can do whatever you want and that you will be okay and you will get through it regardless of the situation. I think my anxiety, especially through the pandemic, has got the best of me. I think it has for a lot of people. It might have for you. we're kind of relearning how to live in this new normal world. But I think my anxiety has gotten way, and a lot of people can attest to this, has gone way up since the pandemic started. There's so many more stresses that we didn't even realise we had until now. And... I need to, I think I've said this before and actually my nana, I don't know if she's listening to this right now, she told me that I need to be a bit more positive, um, which I agree with her, but let's just acknowledge that sometimes things are not great, but I'll be okay, you know, um, I'm really rambling now, I'm gonna go wake my boyfriend up, I need a real coffee, I need some food, I need a swim in the ocean. Thank you for listening, as always. I hope you have a really great rest of your day. Tell me something you've learned this year that you like doing alone or that you learned by doing something alone. If that... yeah, I'm gonna leave that with you. Have a great rest of your day. I love you. Tell your friends you love them, tell your nan you love them, tell your mum you love them. I'm gonna go swim in the ocean. I'll let you know how my holiday... It's the first day of my holiday so I'll let you know how it is next week. I'll speak to you later. I've lost topic. Uh, I need a coffee. <laughs> I need a coffee. I'm putting it down to that. One. Okay, bye. <laughs>